this tool, trust me, is going to make it, I think, so much easier, especially for new parents going through this journey to um, not be as overwhelmed and to understand what it is that they need to do moving forward. And again, like you said, to make sure that the doctor and the patient are on the same page because that is so important with food allergies. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hey, Pam. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's been a while. I know. I know. I'm so happy to have you back and so happy to talk about today's topic, which is very tactical. I like it. I think it's going to be very helpful for not just parents, but doctors as well, for sure. I totally agree. I totally agree. And and that's really why... I created what we're talking about today, which is our clinical info organization pages. And for our listeners are probably like, what in the world? Um, but I think all of us, whether it's food allergy or some other uh, medical condition, we all end up with kind of all these papers from our doctors that have these different lab test results, or sometimes we're going to a new doctor and so we'll print them all out. Um, and they have like maybe one test result per page. And so you end up with like 30 pages if we're being um, conservative. I have certainly had um, folks bring in inches of paperwork. Whoa. And sometimes you can't consolidate that into <laughs> two pages. Um, but I love when patients bring in the information. That is awesome. Um, or have it sent ahead of time. That's so helpful. But I also want to give people a tool to help them organize their clinical information so that they have a really clear picture or story of the clinical information. And that also is really lovely when you show that to a new doctor because it it helps distill down the important parts. Yes. And I just was looking at this just now too and thinking that, you know, some days our kiddos are going to grow into adults. And so it's important to have something like this where, you know, as they grow, they can also have this information for themselves because at some point mom and dad are going to not be the people who take them to the doctor's appointments and they need to be able to talk about and to know what it is um, that their symptoms are or what their numbers have been um, in any aspect. I mean, this is definitely tailored toward food allergies, but, you know, I think people can take this concept and definitely use it for their other um, medical things. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it that way. But when we think about transitioning kiddos from the pediatric care model to the adult care model, something like this is very helpful. And when we're talking about that transition of care, that means like in the pediatric care model, kiddos are really, you know, I mean, they're kids. And so mom or dad calls to make the appointments. Mom or dad goes and picks up the prescriptions. Uh, Mom or dad talks to the school about what's going on. But really, we should, we as doctors should be transitioning kiddos through, um, 
through different stages, just like kiddos have different developmental milestones. They have different developmental milestones when it comes to managing their health information and managing their own diseases. And um, we should definitely do a podcast about transitioning care from pediatric care model (laughs) to the adult care model when it comes to food allergy, because there are definitely different ways to get kiddos thinking about when they should be um, thinking about self-caring. I know, Pam, that you and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when they should be responsible for calling and making their at least annual appointments with their allergists. When, you know, if they're driving, can they go pick up their prescriptions? And then when they turn 18, suddenly in the eyes of the law, they are an adult. In the eyes right. of their parents, not <laughs> so much, right? Um, <laughs> but in the eyes of the law, they're an adult. So technically, mom and dad you know, they, they can be in the picture if some paperwork is signed, but it, it's really the kiddo who then should be making those decisions. And it's, it's not to say that a parent shouldn't be involved. I think parents should always, you know, be involved, especially in those teenage and um, kind of college years to help mm-hmm. transition. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a hard and fast, okay, you're an adult now, go fly baby bird. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I love that you bring that up, that this could be used, um, this could be used for that because I certainly have had college kids come to see me without their parents, which is totally fine, right? Um, but they don't really know what happened. Yeah. They just know that um, that they got a rash and then they'll yeah. have to, I'm like, well, let's call your mom and find out what happened. Yeah. And so then they're kind of curious because this whole time they've been, no, I'm allergic, I'm allergic. Yeah. They but- just know they're allergic. That's it. Exactly. Because most of their reactions happened when they were little and they don't, they don't Mm -hmm. remember them. You know, my daughter doesn't remember it. She thinks she remembers it because we talk about it, but she really has no true memory of it other than just, Mm -hmm. you know, like looking at a picture and you you think you remember that you were there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of her memory of it. So, and even with that, how often we have talked about it. I don't know that she really could tell you exactly how it went. She just knows she ate peanut butter crackers and she didn't like it. <laughs> you know, she doesn't really know like the after effects of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I think so this I could be really helpful for y'all. Yeah, for sure. And and that's why I, this excites me. And And not only that, you know, I'm usually the one that takes my daughter to the all the doctor's visits, you know, my husband works full time and I'm a full time stay at home mom. And so I'm usually the one doing it. But, you know, what if I'm out of town or what if, you know, I'm sick or whatever it may be and he has to take the reins or, you know, vice versa. If it's usually the dad that takes it and, you know, the mom needs to go and do it um, or a grandparent, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. good to have this information where other people who maybe aren't as well versed in having to go to the to excuse me, having to go to the doctor or the actual clinical information to have it so that they're not sitting at the doctor's office saying, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just here. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So this That's is exactly tool. right. So let's talk through it. And it's the clinical info organization tool, and you can find it on foodallergyandyourkiddo.com in the toolbox. And you'll notice that at the time of the recording of this podcast, that it's two pages. And the reason I say that is because y'all know I like to update things and things are, things are never, things are never perfect. Look, people, um, I got two of these today. One that was one page and one that was two pages. So just in, in just in a couple hours, it already changed. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 
It's certainly not because anything on the initial was inaccurate. It was because as I continued to, you know, I actually practiced with this. I actually used it mm-hmm. the other day. Oh, nice. um, that's why I made some edits. Yeah. Um, that's why I made some edits. And then I was like, you know what? I want to do it a little bit differently. So that's why I made some more edits. Yeah, so I mean, you live and learn, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the version that is up um, at the time of this podcast <laughs> is a two-page version of the clinical info organization tool. And the purpose of this tool is to help you organize your kiddo's allergy reaction story. So what happened that first time they had a reaction, help you organize their test results skin testing and blood testing, help you organize the outcomes of their ingestion challenges, and also help you organize their epinephrine auto-injector devices and expiration dates. Which is super important. Super important. So let's just go section by section. If you're listening to this podcast and you're driving, then just check it out later. Again, foodallergy.com. <laughs> pull over. <laughs> But only in a safe spot. Um, <laughs> but if you're not driving, then um, go ahead and go to foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and go to the toolbox and check out this tool. It's super cool. At the top of it, you'll see where you fill in your kiddo's name and your kiddo's allergen. So if we're talking about a kiddo who has a peanut allergy, we'd put their name and then they're allergic to peanut. Because again, this isn't just for you and your family. This is also for you to share with, say you have a new allergist, your pediatrician, whomever it may be. Mm-hmm. And if the you aller- have, I'm sorry, I was going to say, and if you have multiple allergies, don't look at this exactly. and say, oh, I have so many, I can't fit them all. Make a sheet for each one of your allergies because your reactions and your stories to each of them and your numbers are all different. And so instead of having it just crumpled up on one paper, definitely just make a file for each of them. That is exactly right. And and that'll also help you kind of sort out like your peanut allergy is different than your tree nut allergy. And actually, I hate to even say tree nut allergy anymore because almond allergy is different then cashew allergy is different than walnut allergy is different. I mean, I can go on and on and on because not all tree nuts are the same. And I have many patients, side note, tangent number one, (laughs) um, that they come to see me for the first time and, you know, they're 10 years old. They've been told they're allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. And when we when I get the reaction story, their history, then they may be a kiddo who had hive swelling with peanuts and then were just told to avoid tree nuts Mm -hmm. because that was the practice back then, or that was conservative for where they were with, um, with their, their lives. You know, if, if your kiddo is, um, is in a daycare that doesn't exactly have the, the best, um, food allergy management plans, then you absolutely would be like allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. Can't have any of that. Right. Totally. Makes sense, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, even if little Susie's just allergic to peanuts. Right? right. So, so that's tangent number one <laughs> is that not all tree nuts are created equal. Yes. So print um, out different sheets for different allergies. That's right. That's right. Um, so on the first page, like I said, this is your 
this is your whole initial story. The second page is going to be for subsequent testing. Mm -hmm. So this can be used by people who are newly diagnosed, and it can also be used by people who have had allergies for years. Mm -hmm. So again, on the first page, your name, your kiddo's name, their allergy, their reaction story. So what do I mean by that? I have the date of the initial reaction. You want to write that down. You want to write down the symptoms. So did little Susie eat peanut butter on some crackers when she was two and then started having red raised itchy bumps, started vomiting. How long within eating that food until those symptoms develop? The duration is so important Mm -hmm. because if somebody had peanut butter one day and then had hives like eight days later, that's not an allergy. Right. So, and then you also want to write, write down, how was that treated? Did did you give Benadryl and the reaction was um, a reaction that was not going to progress? And that's why the Benadryl um, seemingly calmed the symptoms because we know that it's epinephrine that stops um, those allergy cells from causing their chaos. Um, or or was it a watch and observe because it was just, you know, maybe a couple of hives and, you know, who knows? Or was it epi? Mm-hmm. So you want to write all that down because that initial reaction story is so important, especially now that we have treatments for food allergy. Right. So I guarantee your allergist is going to want to know what happened when your kiddo ate the food. And then that brings us to testing. So testing, as anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows, testing is something that should be interpreted appropriately and should only be done by people who know how to interpret the testing appropriately. Mm -hmm. Um, What I mean by that is the concept of ordering a test online, Um, like you ordering a test online without an allergist input um, or someone who doesn't specialize in allergy saying, oh, well, let me just add on this panel for you of food allergies. That is not how we practice food allergy. We know now we have so much more evidence now of when it's appropriate to evaluate for allergy-specific antibodies, meaning IgE, as I've talked about on the podcast before, um, and when to do skin testing. And typically, only allergists have the skin testing. Sometimes ENTs do skin testing. Typically, ENTs, ear, nose, and throat doctors, they're doing skin testing or allergy testing for aero allergens, for itchy, drippy, sneezy, seasonal allergies. They're not really doing it for foods. Um But the types of testing you can have with an allergist are going to be skin tests and blood tests. You can have specific IgE, like peanut-specific IgE or or peanut allergy antibody. And also some allergists are also going to get a total level of IgE. And I've talked about this before. We all have some IgE, well, for the most part, because IgE is important in our immune systems to help keep us safe from foreign invaders um, or bad germs. But for whatever reason, when it comes to food allergy, IgE and, and that arm of the immune system is kind of going rogue and attacking things that it should not, like peanuts. So here on the front page of the clinical info organization form is testing results, date of the initial testing, what your skin test result was, blood tests, including your specific IgE and total IgE, and then what the interpretation was of that testing and what the plan is. Because testing should always inform the next step or else why are you doing the testing? Right. 
And as Pam mentioned earlier, don't try to cram all of your tests into this. Just do like if you have peanut and tree nut, then do peanut on one page. And honestly, I would make a page separate for almond, cashew, pistachio, all of them. Right. Because they're all different allergens. Right. And then you'll be able to really visualize what the what this clinical information is for this specific food allergy, specifically for peanut, specifically for almond, or if you're an egg and milk kiddo, specifically for eggs, specifically for milk. So you're able to sort it out and address the allergies as they should be addressed, which is individually, right? In the context of having other food allergies, yes, but definitely each one is its own disease process. Yeah. In this section, I think it's great too, because sometimes in that initial visit, when they do your initial testing, it can be very overwhelming. And I remember, um, I, and I still don't know what her initial skin test said. I just know it was really big. <laughs> um, and I didn't really necessarily know what that meant either. You know, I had to, it was, after the fact that I had to go back and say, okay, can you explain that to me better? So, you know, having this and, and even before you're able to fill everything out, just having it to take notes as well, and then coming home and, um, you know, typing it up pretty so that the next time you go, it's all there. Um, but to, to write down all of the information, because I know that we say a lot before you go to your appointment, bring a a list of questions so you can take notes Mm -hmm. because we often forget, well, this is the same thing. If you have never been to your allergist, or if this is the first time you've been to your allergist, I promise it's one of the most overwhelming things because, you know, skin testing in itself and blood work in itself for little ones is stressful. And it's, it, it seems very traumatic, you know, because there's just so many things happening. It's not, you know, but, but it seems that way, especially whenever you're the parent and there's nothing you can do, you know, and and you're seeing your, your child itchy and she wants to scratch, but she can't scratch because we have to let this sit for 20 minutes. So, um, you know, by the time that you get your results, sometimes as a parent, you're frazzled. So to have Mm -hmm. this in front of you, um, to maybe even have the doctor write down his notes, like, okay, this is what this means, you know, if you can't do it, um, and then coming home and interpreting it for yourself as you get this together so that the next time that you go to your doctor, it's there, you're ready, you don't have to, like, rethink it, you don't have to go back and say, wait, what, what was it that he said? Mm-hmm. It's all here. This is, I mean, this is great. Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right, we are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. Absolutely. And then when your doctor sees what you've written down, then your doctor can look and make sure that y'all are both on the same page. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, that that we interpreted what he interpreted correctly, right. that we're we're hearing the same thing. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's great. 
And especially that and, plan too, because sometimes, you know, especially if you're a person that researches a lot, um, you know, what maybe a plan that you see on the internet is not necessarily what your doctor mm -hmm. recommends for it to be your specific plan. So to have that mm -hmm. plan written is very important. Absolutely. And tangent number two, Pam, y'all yeah. wait 20 minutes on your skin prick test? Initially it was 20 minutes, but I recently had an allergy test for cats and I think I only had to wait 15 minutes. Is that what you were saying? How long do you wait? 15. Yeah. We apply and then we read it at 15. That's what most allergists do these days. Um, and then at the bottom, we have the devices and expiration dates. And I have a row for home and a row for school because we really do need to have a device at home, device at school, and a two-pack, ideally, of both of them. Yes. Um, and sometimes you might be able to get an AVQ, one for free because you're I, – I can't even get into how different insurance <laughs> companies – decide to pay for which device they do. I have no idea. Yes. Um, but sometimes you can get one from your insurance company. Oh, I found um, I found a prescription for GoodRx the other day for giant eagle pharmacies for EpiPens, the generic version of Myelin's EpiPen for $10.05. Whoa. Right? Um, so that, I mean, we have giant eagle in the Cleveland area. Um, so I totally let all of my colleagues know about it Definitely. And for real and tangent number three or four here. Um, before I let my colleagues know, and I was like, this can't be real. So I called the giant eagle pharmacy and, um, spoke with a delightful pharmacist who was in the middle of giving COVID vaccines. And he said, Dr. Hoyt, I'm in the middle of giving these COVID vaccines. Do you mind <laughs> if I look this up and get back to you? But I'm skeptical. And I said, absolutely, David. Thank you so much. And he calls me back and he's like, I stand corrected. And nice. I was like, no way. And it was legit. So um, there's a plug. Good RX. We we don't have any sponsorship from them. Nope. Um, but that's where I found a really great coupon. That's awesome. That I actually utilize too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, um, the epinephrine injector websites sometimes have, you know, mm -hmm. stuff that you can print out and bring to your pharmacy. So um, definitely look into their websites as well. But in That's terms of, of this particular um, having your devices and your expiration dates written down for home and school, you know, when they're at home, you can, you know, periodically look to make sure that they're not expired. And, um, but when they're at school, you know, sometimes you might forget, you know, to look and, and hopefully, you know, when you turn it into the school, it's good for the whole school year. So you don't really have to worry about that, but you know, just in case it's not, um, it's just important to have it. And you have this little asterisk reminder of, um, you know, putting it on your calendar, to make mm -hmm. sure that you remember to get a refill, which is so important. I set a reminder on my phone um, about a month or so, and sometimes even more before they're due. Um, so that way I can make sure that I can call the allergist because usually my EpiPens or my epinephrine injectors, because um, we have all kinds, um, it lasts a little longer than a year. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to forget that it's there, even yeah. when you have it written down. So definitely do something, um, you know, a reminder on your phone or your calendar or just, you know, write it down. Um, and even some of the, I was looking, we recently got our AVICUs um, for my daughter and they have like a little app or you can register them online and they'll send you an email 
um, reminder whenever they're um, expiring. So definitely take advantage of that because the last thing you want is to go on a trip or mm-hmm. move your epinephrine and it's expired and you don't have time to get another one. Right. Right. Or our kiddo needs to go on a field trip and then oops, right. the auto injectors in spot expire. Yes. That's no fun. No. So that's the first page. And then going on to the second page, the second page of the clinical info organization tool, and again, get it at foodallergyandyourkiddo.com in the toolbox, has your kiddo's name and the allergen at the top. In this page, you can, you'll print out maybe multiple times. The front page, you'll print out just once, but this page, you'll print out maybe multiple times, depending on where you are in your food allergy journey, because I've created it as such where you have, you can have two separate dates of testing and ingestion challenge results, but then beyond two, you're going to want to print out a new page for a separate date. So if, if you had a food allergy for 10 years, then there's a good chance that you've had five sometimes 10, depending on your allergist, different sets of skin tests, blood tests, which means you're going to have interpretation and planning for all of those. Um, Or moving forward, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to fill this out moving forward so that you keep a good record of what's been going on. And so you can see the progress. And so the second page really mirrors the first page, but allows more space for the testing results, the ingestion challenge results, and then again, the epinephrine um, home and school devices. I think this is great. And also, you know, we have a folder at home that has all of our printouts from all of our testing and all of the things. And so this is really a great, you know, you can put it on those little sleeves, you know, to protect Mm -hmm. protecting sleeves and put it in the front of all of your medical Mm -hmm. records. And so that way, you know, if you have to make a phone call and they're asking you stuff, you don't have to dig through all of that. So it's not just about going to your doctor. I mean, this is clearly made to go to your doctor and so they can read it you know, easily. But if for whatever reason you need to look at it real quickly, instead of having to go through all of that, um, to just really have it right there and it's all organized in front of you. Yeah. In a way to organize, I don't know how you organize your, your test results, Pam, but applying this type of tool, you can also add dividers to your, um, testing binder and, have the little tabs be labeled with the dates. So then if you're looking for test results dated from, I don't know, if I'm asking you, well, what were her test results on 2011? Then you can look in the 2011 tab that would correlate with the 2011 information you have on your kind of clinical info organization tool. And it's just helping you kind of put everything together in a way that is easy to see and understand um, for you and your family. That's great. I definitely don't do that, but I'm going to. I just kind of step it all in. (laughs) (laughs) That's great because we have so many. And I mean, you know, they are kind of in chronological order, but I like the idea of of having that divider there. And you know what I do sometimes too? I highlight important numbers Mm -hmm. because there's so many numbers. So I I like to highlight important numbers so that I can – see them, even if I didn't at the time know what they meant. Um, I knew they were important for some reason. Um, so, you know, you can just highlight what you need and then just move the highlighted section onto these very nice 
pages and have them. And then you can screenshot them, you know, if you do this and that way they're on your phone. So if you do, we never forget our phones. Let's be real. We might forget paper in the car. So, you know, when you're going to your allergist, if for whatever reason you forgot it, it's nice on your phone and and there it is. And it's in, in a nice way for them to see it. If for some reason, you know, you forgot it. Absolutely. Good, good. I'm so glad that that you're you're finding new ways yes. to use this compared to when I talked with you an hour ago about the second draft. I know. It's really the third draft or maybe the fourth draft. <laughs> um, I just think this is just a great, you know, tool that definitely for food allergies, there's just there's so many numbers. If you're new to food allergies, maybe you haven't gotten all the numbers yet, but you will at some point. Um, and they're great. You know, that's what helps us sort of navigate this journey in, in a different way. But this tool, trust me, is going to make it, I think, so much easier, especially for new parents going through this journey to um, not be as overwhelmed and to understand what it is that they need to do moving forward. And again, like you said, to make sure that the doctor and the patient are on the same page, because that mm-hmm. is so important with food allergies because there's so much information out there from people who are meaning well, you know, and they're sharing their stories, Mm -hmm. but it's not your story. So you need to talk to your allergist, have your story written down on these pages so that, um, the experience of living with a food allergy, um, in this section isn't as stressful as, you know, other things can be. Exactly. Well, awesome, Pam. Well, I'm so glad we were able to talk about this on the podcast today. And again, y'all, foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and go to the toolbox. And I think this is going to be super helpful, whether you're new to food allergy or you're a veteran. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. I, I love this tool. And that's probably why I continue to kind of tweak it to make it even better and better and better. Um, and why I've used it already to to help organize. Sometimes whether you're just starting out with food allergy and you're like, wow, this is kind of a lot of numbers. How am I going to kind of put all this together? Um, or you've been doing this for years now. You know that it, it's time to get organized with this information. And as a physician, I love when my patients come in with this organized information. Um, so definitely go to foodallergyandyourkiddo.com go to the toolbox and access this and all the other awesome tools that I have in that toolbox. Okay, y'all have a wonderful week. God bless you and God bless your family. Thanks for listening to this episode of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with food allergist, Dr. Alice Hoyt. For more information on navigating the world of food allergy, visit www.foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and follow Dr. Hoyt on Twitter at Dr. Alice Hoyt. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Let's take the anxiety and confusion out of food allergy.